0: Good morning, good evening, good day, and welcome to Drama Buds. I'm Francine, I really love K-dramas, and I'm going to spend as much time as I want talking about them. Welcome to my podcast. So hello everyone. Do you ever just feel like you found the perfect show at the perfect place? time when you wanted it the most um because like okay you know, recently i've been watching a lot of like plot heavy crime mystery legal shows and like yeah that's that's fun for a while but I, I know myself I know my tastes and I know that I'm really a slice of life girl i I love boring everyday stories about daily lives of people you know workplace uh k dramas I love those and like recently I've come to like realize that there are like usually three kinds of slice of life shows. It's like slice of life leaning funny, slice of life leaning warm, and then there's slice of life leaning sad. And so our show for today, uh, live, is just completely out of nowhere. It was exactly what I needed and what I wanted At the time, like, I did not expect that this would be like a slice of life leaning, sad type of show, but it was. And it really just reminded me that I truly love emotionally devastating shows that aren't like super dramatic, you know, plot wise, but just, you know, people struggling to survive. That's that is my jam. (laughs) So. Once again, how did I end up here? How did I end up watching this show? Um, Little background on me, as usual. Uh, so one of my favorite shows of last year, that I watched last year, was It's Okay, That's Love, right? I mean, yeah, I have an entire episode on it. Just, you know, the chemistry, the feelings. It was a light and happy show with, you know, sprinkles of sadness and all that. But the cinematography was atrocious. <laughs> like, it was really, really good. But, you know, it was just that director, Kim Kyu style at the moment. Kim Kyu is also the director of Scarlet Heart, as I mentioned before. So, cinematography-wise, I feel like, you know, the, the projects are good, but the visual that I'm actually watching is pretty terrible. And, a bit off-putting. But, you know, once you get used to it, you the writing is quality. And, like, this specific writer, Nohik Yung, aside from It's Okay, That's Love, uh, she didn't write Scarlet Heart, obviously. Uh, She wrote Dear My Friends, which was... uh, It it won the best screenplay, I think, in that year. So, in the Big Sang Arts Awards. So, yeah, it's good. I know it's good. And, like, yeah, as I was looking back on It's Okay, That's Love, it was really good. But, uh, you know... It's just the cinematography that was off-putting. So yeah, when I saw that we worked together again in live, like, I had low expectations. No expectations, actually. And then, you know, when I watched it, it's like, what? First of all, cinematography actually looks normal. Borderline good, you know? And, like, because it was visually okay now, I could really focus on, like, What I was watching, you know, story-wise, not just visual cinematography-wise. And then I just fell in love with the sadness, I guess. (laughs) Or it wasn't completely sad, but it got really heavy at some points. I'll, I'll get there. I'll talk about that. Um... Yeah, Live is about, you know, the everyday lives of policemen in the patrol division and focuses mostly on, like, two rookies and two veterans who are on different stages in their career and in their lives. So, yeah, let's just let's just go. Let's just do it. Okay, so our main female lead here is Han Jung-ho, played by Jung-yumi. Uh, she's a rookie cop, yeah. She's pretty smart. She's by the book because she knows the book. <laughs> She's actually studied really, really well for this. And, like, um, her backstory is that she was raised alone by her mother and her father didn't acknowledge her as his as his child because she was born out of wedlock. And so, you know, growing up, yeah, that happened to her. But she did fairly well for herself. And, you know, going into the workforce, like, it's difficult to find a job as a woman. Just... You know it 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 is what it is <laughs> that's it just is what it is and you know after just struggling for so long to find a job she decided to um take the exam to be a policeman because they didn't look at gender or qualifications oh she didn't like graduate from a you know prestigious university or anything just like a regular university so yeah she didn't have that going for her either um, so yeah, um, to become a cop, you they only look at, you know, their exam scores. So it's like a blind <laughs> a blind hiring, I guess. So yeah, she studied for that, and she passed, and she made it into the academy. Um, she's the best, really, among the three who were sent to the Hong Kong station. Uh, that, that's the area <laughs> that they were sent to, or that she chose. But like, jung O personally struggles with this, the idea of needing a sense of duty, like what is a sense of duty to her? And like, how come she doesn't feel that in a job that's so difficult, so dangerous, and honestly so traumatizing? And so like, without that sense of duty, what's really pushing her to stay in this career? Like, aside from the desperation of getting a job, because she desperately needs one, like, what what is there that's keeping her here and so why not just leave this um career yeah so that's that's han joo's story um our next lead is yom sangsu played by lee kwangsoo so he's another rookie cop um you know typical male protagonist in this type of setting he's reckless but he's brave and he's you know eager for action that kind of person Um, similar to Han Jong ho he struggled to find, like, a permanent job, uh, yeah. Uh, he was conned by a pyramid scheme, and then, you know, he used up the money that, uh, his money, his family's money for that, uh, and then after his brother leaves Korea to work in another country, he realized that he's the only one left to take care of his mother, and, you know like he wants her to be proud of him you know to to have a job and to be proud of him and to earn and so he decides like out of desperation as well just to be a cop so yeah as i mentioned like typical male protagonist the annoying reckless kind yeah that's that's definitely him um but his journey in this show is really like mature maturing it's a journey towards maturity you know like finding that that sense of duty, that's more than just the excitement and the honor and the feeling of, you know, being a hero, I guess. Aside from that, like, what is the sense of duty that will keep him in this job? And, like, his journey is greatly um, aided, (laughs) I guess, by his mentor, O Sang Chun, played by Bae Sung Woo, which is um, who is actually, like, a veteran cop that they first met as like their super harsh trainer in the police academy. And so uh, Yang Chun was part of the violent crimes division. And so he was always away from his home, kind of estranged from his family because he's always out, you know, solving cases and, and whatnot. And um, just like, oh you know, at the start of the show, I guess, or his story in the show, um, his old mentor died trying to save him. Because he, okay, like, yeah, Yang Chun saw a drunk person going into the sea at night, and so he tried to save him, but then his mentor couldn't find him after a while, so his mentor tried to save him, and then Yang Chun managed to save the drunk man, but his mentor passed away. Yeah, episode two, it's already pretty dark, (laughs) but yeah. And so, like, he was, uh, like, he was accused, or like, people were saying that he drank and his mentor tried to save his drunk colleague and all that which is a lie a complete lie but yeah he just got demoted essentially blasted by the media the public and his own people by the forest people the people in the forest and so he was demoted he was sent to a local patrol station the same station ha, huh? uh hongil along with uh jung oh and um what's his name <laughs> sangsu uh so yeah they reunited there and like his seniors actually like that was his original patrol station i think or he just like he has a deep history with the people there um so yeah they took him in because really no other division or department would want to take someone who was you know, accused of that. Even if everyone knows it's not true, that he, he, they know that he wasn't drunk. It's just, it was the official story that came out. And so, yeah, he was really on the down low. Wait, uh, his, his suffering is not over, okay? Um, his wife, the estranged wife, um, wants a divorce. And his mother has been sick for a long time and she's only surviving on life support. And, you know, yeah, now he got demoted, it's kind of like, you know, how many more terrible things can happen to one person? Alas, (laughs) alas, that is the show. And yeah, his journey is really, like, how he deals with being at the lowest point in his life. Like, what else is there in his life aside from his job and his sense of duty? Uh, Bringing up that word constantly, that term constantly. Yeah, I think that is We'll talk about the sense of duty later. But yeah. So it's like there's his career is kind of dead. Like there's really nowhere to go with his career. So so what is what else is there now in his life? Like he'll continue to work. He'll continue to do his best in the patrol division and all that. But there's... What else is there? You know? There's no upward climb to his career anymore. And so like spending all his time... You know, uh, rising to the top, trying to rise once again—it's a—it's a waste. So, what else is there to his life? So that's that's um, Yang Chun's journey, and our last main character is An Jang Mi, played by Bei Jung Ok, who is um the wife of yang chun so um Mi is less prominent than the other three three i guess um but like the show treats her as a main character and i, I do want to talk about her so okay uh yeah Mi is the wife of yang chun and she is also a cop working in the women and juvenile cases division like that division um Mi is just like really decent upright human being you know she's responsible she's mature she's well adjusted she raised their two children alone um yeah she's just like a really like a person who's doing okay in life but you know at the start of the show she lost both her parents and decided to get a divorce from her husband So, you know, no matter how okay you are as a person, no matter how stable and wise you are, like, you know, bad things can still happen. Some of it's not your choice and some of it is her choice and how does she deal with that, you know? Um, she's pretty distant from the other characters because she doesn't work in their um, station, in Hongil Station. I'll just call it the station. Um, but she does come in contact with them often through um cases that involve women and children um Mi, she's always prioritized her job and her family above all else but like after the divorce and like after facing some roadblocks in her career like she's questioning like if she can start prioritizing herself which you know As a middle-aged woman who has raised two children on her own and has decided to get a divorce from her husband, like, yeah, she's not tethered to anything anymore. So what what is there for her to do? Honestly, I love Zhang. She's a really really good character. But I can better describe her character through her relationships with others, which is why she feels like a less prominent uh, main character. Okay. So, I guess it's time to address the elephant in the room. Um, I've been watching, as I mentioned, I've been watching a lot of, like, crime, mystery, cop, lawyer, prosecutor shows. But, you know, most of those shows are very heavily dramatized. Like, there's some murder to solve or some evil politician to overthrow. Like, that, those kinds of shows. But this show takes a slice-of-life approach, which draws from reality and i have to admit that i was personally uncomfortable with that idea that this is the reality that they are portraying because i mean i feel like that discomfort comes from the disconnect between what we're seeing as versus what we're seeing portrayed as reality of this situation versus like our actual reality it's like, you say this is real life, but this is not the real life that I personally experienced. And therefore, I cannot completely sympathize or empathize or, you know, it just takes me out of it and made me feel you know, personally very uncomfortable at times. Just the cognitive dissonance of it all, you know, like you want to appreciate something, but it's telling you this message or like portraying these situations that you don't think are true to your Um, personal circumstances or the world that you are living in all right Mm, and so like there were two approaches I guess that I developed as I was watching the show and just trying to you know do all the mental gymnastics to appreciate this as much as I want to and so first you could see this um this show as a portrayal of their reality in their culture and society, in their country, in, you know, their world, essentially. And that's, that's possible. Like, I can't speak for other countries and how their institutions um, operate and all that. Like, I can't speak for them. But I can treat this show as a portrayal of their reality and therefore not mine. So I can distance myself from it like that. Another approach is to see this as just the ideal group of people who I develop the ideal set of principles and attitudes that are, you know, healthy and honorable and all that, and they are simply living in a flawed world. So it's either you can look at it as a different reality or as a completely fictional, idealized world the same way, like you know, creating their own world (laughs) that does not operate on, like, the existing issues in our or your reality. So yeah, it's either I look at it as completely different reality or completely fictional, but definitely it does not mirror my reality. Okay, so, like, my feelings and thoughts are towards, like, the specific characters depicted here and not, like, the institution's as seen in real life my real life in my society and in my culture okay um like because I I think even with that perspective with those two perspectives that I use you know interchangeably whenever it's most appropriate like the messages and themes can still remain intact and personally I I like the show more for the relationships it portrayed and the general mood of it all like that that stuff but okay so we've addressed it Uh, once you get through the mental gymnastics and the cognitive dissonance and all that like i really think this is a show with a lot of value and it's really really good now what makes it so good for me first of all just the slice of life of it all. Just my favorite genre, which I will always describe as like, it's just watching someone live life, you know? Like, there will be drama, of course, because this is a K-drama. And there has to be, like, the, we need events. <laughs> we need things happening. But in general, like, there is no big bad, I guess, to to conquer. No evil, murder, plot, mystery, no yeah no uh society to change none of that okay like I honestly did not even think this was a slice of life show I thought it would be like one of those other cop shows that I've watched um but it was slice of life it was exactly what I needed and what I wanted um it's just like a perfect depiction of daily struggles that's uh, I love that and like the motivations of the characters are all rooted in everyday struggles, uh. You know, I mean, finding a job, right? Um, surviving. That's my favorite um theme. I guess in any shows, just like you just have to keep going and keep living and keep surviving. That is my favorite, and I think it it also portrays that a bit. Um, yeah, motivations of the characters are rooted in everyday struggles and it's not really on like big ideals or wanting to change the world with my job like nothing nothing like that like it starts out that way because you know like the protagonists are still a bit immature like they think i want big cases i want to solve violent crime and save a life or whatever like yeah they start out that way but as they develop you know the sense of duty um they mature and realize like we're not doing this to become heroes really we're just doing this to protect the people serve the people right and like just this the mood of this show you know it's just it's everything i want it's it's sad and slow and with yeah with plot of course it's it's a my mister type of slice of life which As we all know, My Mister, I've found a way to insert it into this podcast episode yet again. My Mister, one of my favorite shows of all time. It's like, yeah, slice of life leaning sad. And like live is very heavy in certain cases and like towards just the whole second half of the show. And like the sad mood really helped because they weren't treated like, as heroes, really. I mean, yeah, it's just really people doing their job. And like, it's people doing their job and still struggling to, you know, pay rent or thinking about like, oh, how am I gonna uh, sustain my third child who's about to be born? Like, uh, I'm growing old. <laughs> I, I need to get married, I guess. Um, my mother doesn't want me to be a cop because it's too dangerous. Like, those are still some of the issues that they face. Yeah, and aside from the sadness, like, when there are light moments in this show where they showed off their camaraderie and their close relationships with each other, it's just, oh, the, the, the heartwarming moments were just really the best. Like, okay, I think this show really shines in how it depicts relationships. Like, both the healthy kind and the kinda not-so-good not kind of really not not toxic relationships no just like relationships that have been through a lot okay and just all sorts of you know familial romantic platonic uh, co-worker relationships all types of relationships and okay I'm just going to talk about the relationships I love the most so first of all just their team like their whole squad and all like they squabble they have history with each other people have history with each other And, yeah, like, in many ways, this could be super dysfunctional and and dangerous, whatever, if they're all working together like that. But, no, the team always comes first. Like, people even make the extra effort to help each other out. Like, when one one officer almost got sued by uh, a person, a civilian, for something, I forgot, like, people made the effort to raise money for him because they knew it was unjust and they knew that he couldn't pay it off. It's like, you know, your problem as an individual is not just your problem. It's our problem too. We want to help you out on that. And like at their best, you know, they really talk about their personal circumstances and problems and take that into consideration when making decisions for the team. Like if someone has to be Uh, internally investigated or reprimanded, like, they really think about, like, is it really just one person's fault? Is it all of our faults? But if we have, if one person has to take the fall for it, we're not just gonna point fingers at each other. We might point fingers at ourselves first. Like, stuff like that. And the worst ones in the team aren't, like, corrupt or evil or just abusive and anything. Like, no. The worst ones, quote-unquote, are those who don't communicate and those who aren't there for each other. Like, as long as you say what's going on with you, people will actually understand and be on your side. Just, just, I don't know why I love that sense of camaraderie. Yeah. Okay, another relationship. Many, many relationships, but here, the first is uh the relationship between Yang Chun and Sang Su. So they started out as like very... Like hostile to each other because Sang Su obviously hated Yang Chun for being like a super harsh trainer when they were in the academy. But you know, of course, as as you do in a K-drama, they end up becoming partners and they have to work together and and risk their lives with each other. And so, you know, they naturally grow closer because Sang is like Yang Chun's younger self, you know, he's reckless. He's brave and he's still figuring himself out. He's still figuring out why they do what they do. When when Sang Su messes up, it's Yang Chun who either reprimands him, sets him straight, helps him figure himself out, or Yang Chun stands up for him, as as they should. And Sang Su also witnesses some of Yang Chun's like lowest moments in life. Like when Jiang Mi, you know, asked for a divorce <laughs> in the middle of a case. Like he was just there to hear that. And so, you know, Yang Chun in, in turn teaches him to like rein himself in, I guess, and just find his sense of duty outside of the heroism or the noble whatever of the job. Like, that's selfish and that won't last forever. What What is really going to keep you in this force for as long as it has kept me on the force? Something like that. Um, next relationship, oh, my favorite is Yang Chun and Jiang Mi. So they have, like, a super long history with each other. I mean, they had two children together, you know? But Jiang Mi raised them alone. And so, like, Yang Chun wasn't abusive or anything like that. He just, he just wasn't there. You know? Like, just, you know, a typical father. (laughs) Whoa there. You know, just like one of those typical dads who just wasn't there he was too busy with his career or whatever but yang chun really loved her like he chased after her really fought for her and all that he really loved her but he was never there for her and because of that like Mi realized like even when her parents died you know both her parents died at once like she never felt like she needed him you know she raised two children on her own she cared for her parents on her own she also had a good career on her own she never needed him right and so like when she said that that's when yang chun respected her decision and her desire to get a divorce and so yeah they got a divorce and then they were still amicable right they were still okay with each other and they worked together and saw each other and like it was never like you know stay away from my children and all that like no yeah jack me got got custody over them and he just accepted it but he still wanted to be a part of their life I guess, like, when he was torn away from them, that's when he decided to be, yeah, there. Okay. And the truth was, Changi still loved him. But she couldn't keep him, or she couldn't keep up with him in his current state if he stayed the way he was. And so, like, this story, their story, is about Yang Chun, like, genuinely loving her. Yeah, realizing that he really, really did love her. It wasn't just their history and all that and you know wanting to be in her life the way she was in his life and so his change his growth as a person led to their natural reconciliation I guess okay that's that's all I'm gonna say about that relationship but it's really really the best for me okay Another great (laughs) relationship is Yang Chun, once again, and Un Kyung Mo, played by Jang Yun Song. So, (laughs) it's funny. They were rivals over Jang Mi many years ago in their youth, you know? Like, it's funny that they're a love triangle, I guess. But it didn't feel like a real love triangle. Because, like, Kyung Mo was close to Jang Mi. Like, they worked together in the patrol in the same station for a while before Jang-mi moved back to the Women and Juvenile Affairs division. And so, yeah, he's personally just friends with her even after, you know, the love triangle (laughs) of their past. But, you know, Kyung-mo respected they loved each other, that Yang Chun and Jiang Mi really did love each other and that they could still make each other happy. Like, okay, yeah, they got the divorce and he got his hopes up and he thought maybe I could swoop in and finally, you know, get the girl. But no, like Jiang Mi admitted really that she still had feelings for Yang Chun, but they had to separate. It It had to happen. And so, like, Yang Chun and Kyung Mo, there is that animosity between them, okay? Yeah, they are a little hostile to each other, and it was uncomfortable at first. But there are also, like, years of, there's genuine friendship there. They did work together and grow up, I guess, together. And, like, they still worked well together for the benefit of the entire team. Which, you know, super respect that. And so yeah, just like seeing that it's it's a testy relationship, but you know it is genuinely a strong relationship, and they still know that what matters most is the team, the people, and yeah, like they were never stupidly petty. Like, please, you're all grown men here. Let's not be stupid. <laughs> okay, um, another great relationship is uh the relationship of all like the senior officers. So Chon, he's uh patrol officer. Kyung Mo is their team leader, I think. Uh, Lee Sambo, played by Lee Ol, is another patrol officer, but he's the oldest among them. And lastly, it's Ki Han Sol, played by Song Dong Il, who is their captain? Captain, I think? Yeah, okay. So, there's just so much history um, between, among these four. And, I don't know, they're just the leaders of the the squad the team um they always they know how the system works you know they know all the rottenness up there they know the petty media play that the, the higher ups use to save their butts and try to work things out in their uh, advantage to to appease the public and all that like they know all of those but they still find ways to care for their team and protect their people despite that and so what's great really is that these, you know, these middle-aged old men, um, they really care for each other's welfare. Not just as teammates, you know, not as just not just as fellow officers, but also as friends. Yeah, it's just seeing their friendship over the years. And once again, their teamwork, <laughs> their camaraderie, my favorite word of the day. Okay. And I have to talk about my favorite mentor-mentee relationship in the show. is actually between uh, Lee Sambo, the old man I mentioned earlier, and Song Yeri, played by Lee Joo Young. So Yeri is the least impressive of the three rookies that came in. And Sambo is old. (laughs) He's about to retire. Uh, Yeri at first really hated being paired with like an old ignorant person and like not being able to take on the more exciting or interesting calls and cases because of course she has to take into consideration that she has to go around with her partner and if her partner is an old fart who can't run (laughs) you know she can't do anything and it also doesn't help that she's not particularly smart like um jong Oh, and yeah she doesn't she's not as exposed to exciting things like sang and so she always felt left behind and she was you know the typical rookie who wants to experience excitement and all that so yeah at first she really just hated him and didn't understand why i had to be partnered with this guy but you know eventually um she saw his life and saw how lonely he was, and then also saw how much Sambo valued her as his last rookie, like it's so cute that um, his name for her his, his con as the contact in her, his phone is my last rookie. Meanwhile, Yeri's name for him was old Mentor, <laughs> right? It's like, oh damn and you know, as she realized like this is his last. These are his last few months in the force. And he's going to spend... He's going to make his last memories as a as a cop with her. Right? Oh, <laughs> oh, my heart. And so, like, she just... Yeah, she started to appreciate him and, like, see him as her father figure. Like, her she changed her name for him as my first mentor. Which is... Oh, the tears! <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna cry. Anyway, now, nah, um, I think the best moment though, one of the best moments, um, between them is when she um goes AWOL, absence without leave for a while, and he looks for her in her like countryside home or something, and instead of telling her like he, this was a few days before he retires, okay, like instead of telling her like just suck it up, stick to it be like him who's been in the forest for 40 years like if you just suck it up you'll end up like me you know with a you'll you'll be fine you'll you'll survive here instead of saying that like he tells her like quit quit if that's what you want like if you were my actual daughter i would probably tell you to quit because yeah it's not worth it and the thing is like looking at him looking at his life honestly though he doesn't I don't know if he completely regrets becoming a cop or anything, but there is that sort of feeling that his life kind of didn't lead to anything. Like, it's not that it didn't amount to anything, but it just was pretty underwhelming in general as a life, right? And so, yeah, like, if you... You don't have to end up like me. I'm not... (laughs) Like, retiring in the force is not really the goal. It doesn't really matter, so just quit if you want. But, like after that, when she decided to stay, staying is completely her choice. Like, she was not persuaded to do it. She was even dissuaded, (laughs) discouraged. Yeah, don't stay. Doesn't matter. You don't have to be like me. But she decided to stay. And that was entirely 100% her choice now. So that's, yeah, that's just A great moment like the agency was totally on her no one is convincing you no one is forcing you to stay just make that choice on your own and so it's just beautiful really to see a relationship between someone who's starting their career and is unhappy about where they are and someone who's about to end their career and is kind of unhappy towards the end of it and and doesn't know where they're going next just two people in completely different stages of their life and just finding meaning in that relationship. It's just oh the best. <laughs> okay, last um is last relationship I really loved was between Yang Chun and his father, played by Lee Sun Jae. Okay, this show has a lot of complicated family relationships. Like one, Sang Su's mom used to be an alcoholic and she neglected them for, for a while when they were young. And that almost, you know, it almost made Sangsu want to be, like, sent to an orphanage instead of, you know, being with his mom because she doesn't even take care of them, something like that. But, you know, despite that past, he didn't abandon her. She got, she eventually became okay, and then now they're okay, and he's taking care of her, and everything is fine. But that, still hit him hard like that's still something in his life that he thinks about you know that is like his old desire to not to just leave his mother or be left by his mother for real because like what's the point of being taken taken care of quote unquote by someone who isn't even feeding you like you'd much rather have a full stomach than a mother who won't take care of you something like that like that's that's heavy, okay? Um, another complicated family relationship is um Jong o's mom. Uh, Jong-o and her mom. Like her mom raised her by herself and like Jong-o's mom has a panic disorder and all that. And like her mom really pressured her a lot to get a job. Like, though they are pretty close and they're pretty cute and all that. But you know, like <laughs> it was still pretty difficult to live with a mother like that. And there's this kind of, you know, I don't know if it's entirely a joke, but, like, her mother doesn't want to let her go. Like, the thought of her dating someone or moving away or anything, it's like, her mother doesn't want to let her go because, really, her entire life has been about helping her child survive and sustaining her and all that, all by herself. So, yeah, complicated family relationships. But for me, the most complicated is Yang Chun and his father. Um... Yeah, another interesting thing that this show talks about is, like, elderly issues. Like, just issues with, like, old people. You know, old people who are about to retire. Old people who, you know, are sick and <laughs> um, don't know how long they're going to live. Old people who are being cared for. Um, Old people who've been through a lot. Like, just a lot of elderly issues it's probably because this is the same writer as dear my friends as i mentioned which is about a lot of old people (laughs) and it won best screenplay so i think this is a topic that is super close to the authors or to the writer's heart so yeah okay where was i going with this yang chun and his father okay um. Yeah, they have a super complicated relationship because his father used to beat him and his mother. Like when he got drunk when they were kids, when he was a kid, and so like, yeah, that's just the story. Like it's it's years, years and years ago. Um, and Yang Chun doesn't even compl- doesn't even resent his father all that much. Or it's just fact to him, right? It's just something that happened, something that he can't do anymore. Uh, And he won't do anymore because, like, his mother is really sick and is on life support. And it's like, there was a conversation where um, Yang Chun asked his father, like, why are you so good to my my mom all these years after you were beating her? Right? Like, where is this kindness coming from? Like, you know, taking care of her and going to the hospital every day to see her, to take care of her. Just very complex. But he's not even saying that, like, in an accusatory way, I don't know how to describe it. It's just like, it's a story really of like changing over time. And it's like a story of, you know, not everyone gets to leave their abusers, right? So, I don't know. Over time, there is, I guess, there could be forgiveness in that story. I I don't know how to explain it, right? But, But yeah, it's just, it's really complex and it's a it's also a heartwarming relationship there okay and it's also a little bit about breaking like the cycle of generational trauma because like you know yang cho and getting divorced and all that and like being estranged from his family from his kids like at some point he said like i must be a terrible father i must have gotten from you <laughs> i said that to his dad and his dad was like you're not nearly as bad as i was i mean you've never beaten your children Right? And so, like, Yang Chun realized, like, yeah, he wasn't terrible because he was abusive, but he did neglect them, and he could have been better, a better father. But definitely, he broke the cycle of abuse. Like, he did not carry that on. So, in some ways, that is breaking a cycle of generational trauma. Right? That's that's heavy. <laughs> that's pretty heavy. Now, first. Okay. Now I have to talk about the relationships I did not like. First, <sighs> I did not like the relationship between Jong-ho and Choi Myung-ho, played by Shin dong Wook. And it's not because I hated the relationship itself. I hated what happened to it. Okay, so uh, let me just settle down. Just, okay. So I first met Shin dong <laughs> in Dr. Romantic 2 as the bone doctor. I just loved him so much. He's so cute i don't know how to explain like my attraction and my love for him he was just so cute and like his character here choi myung ho is like love of my life material you know he's he's nice he's an upright person he's cute he looks seems rich um he's good at his job he's smart i mean like what else is there what more do we want? I've just, what a perfect character. And it hurts me to see him treated like this, okay? Because he was like the first love line that formed around her. And it was going okay. You know, it was pretty okay. It was cute. And he was trying. He was genuine about it, yeah. But she was so cold. It's like she didn't care about him. And, you know, okay. Okay. Okay, to be honest, he had emotional baggage with his last girlfriend who died on the force. Like, she was also a cop. And, like, when they, you know, eventually broke up. Like, they weren't even a thing. But she still broke up with him. And he even, like, said, like, no, it's not because of you. It's not you. It's me. Because he blamed himself, saying that he wasn't really over his ex. Yeah. And then she said, Yeah, I wasn't, I'm not ready for love or whatever. And then she lied because in the next episode after she broke up with Myungho, she kissed Sang Su. So, like, what do you mean you're not ready for love? And then the next episode, you're jumping right into it. What do you mean, you lying liar who lies? I'm. I'm just furious. I really, I was emotionally devastated after they broke up. Like, that was episode 14, I remember very clearly. And, like, that was late at night. And I just, like, I just, like, turned it off. Like, after that episode, I turned it off. Went to my sister and just, like, what? What's happening? Why am I feeling these things? And, like, I couldn't process it for so long. Because I'm just, like, what did he do to deserve that? To deserve not being given a chance. It's, like, you think you're being given a chance. But no. There was no chance because no. And then the next day, the next episode I watched, Jongho and Sangsu were a thing. Are the love line, and I thought, what, uh, what, like emotionally okay? It made sense. Like they were the rookies who started all of this together, and. Yeah, they, they know each other's struggles and Myung Ho is in a kind of different stage in his life. Not really, but okay. Emotionally, I guess, it made sense. Which is why I've just accepted it. I don't have to like something, right? I just have to accept it. So yes, I accepted it. However, I just, I don't know where it fits into their individual journeys, like the love line. Because one, like, sang Sangsu's case like you know whole chasing after a girl and just pining over her and being a loser about it like you know it, it seems like a typical sang thing to do like that's how he is at the start of the show and it's like none of the you know the maturity that he's developed indicates that this is what his mature self would do and two like jong aside, side you know, it really seemed like she had a lot of baggage too, you know? Like, that's why she wasn't ready for love. I totally accepted that. Like, okay, you have a lot to work through. And it doesn't help, like, she's having career and life direction doubts as well. And so, like, you know, it, it would make sense that you're not going to jump into something. But but she did. And so I'm like, what? okay. It was just I don't know it was a waste of a good platonic relationship as well cuz they had a really cute platonic relationship I don't know Oh no um yeah and I don't know maybe this is just a me problem I've gotten used to shows without romance between the leads recently um 365 repeat the year I mean it was not explicit an explicit love line but I guess yeah and, of course, Stranger. But that's still... <laughs> We're still not sure, you know, if Stranger doesn't have a love line, you know. Wang Han is still a possibility, I guess. <laughs> um, Yeah, Uh, maybe that's a me problem. I-, I thought there would be no love line. But alas, there was. And it's just... I don't know. It was just kind of annoying how, like, not being ready for a relationship was a lie. And Myung Ho just was still there, like, he was still in the team with them in the, the the station, like, he was watching the relationship blossoming right before his eyes, and so, you know, okay, he just, he has no say in it, like, he barely even exists after the breakup, since he's just a supporting character, like, you know what, self, this is your fault, he was a supporting character, you knew that, you knew this wasn't, I just thought, you know, I thought live would be different. I thought I had a chance. I thought Myungho had a chance. And it would have been so nice if, if, yeah, they got a love line together. And it's just about two of them working through their past and maturing through that. But nah, nah, okay. Let's just, okay, let's just let that happen because they're the ones who started out together and they're the main leads. And okay. I guess I'll just be emotionally devastated without any fanfiction or any sort of content to help me get through this because, you know, that's how life is most of the time. I guess I'll just suffer alone. But in summary, Choi Myung Ho deserves better and he will remain as one of my favorite supporting characters of all time. Oh, why did I do this to my life? so yeah okay i'll just move on from that i just i just want to get it out of my head these are my feelings okay so other things that are noteworthy in the show one great ost like really just the even just the opening song i was like wow i am brought to a mood (laughs) uh it's very similar to it's okay that's love like most of the songs are like western songs that are of the folk genre and all. But it's sadder. Because, like, it's okay that Love has a happier vibe. But this is a sadder vibe, which is perfect. Yeah, the songs are really... I don't know. It creates this, like, warm but disconnected vibe. Do you know what I mean? Um, It's like, because they're singing in English, like, you're just taken out of it. Like, you're so immersed in their daily life, right? And then, suddenly, someone starts speaking English to you. And you're just like whoa wait <laughs> wait right i'm watching a show <laughs> but it just i don't know the mood is exquisite i cannot describe what this osp does to this show but it's just so so beautiful so 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 good other other thoughts um in retrospect i feel like yang chun is the center of all the best relationships and he had the best growth for me as a character more than the main leads like honestly sometimes the supporting characters like the legit supporting characters you know their seniors their mentors um sometimes they had better stories than the stories of the main leads um I'm not saying this because I'm mad at them for having a love line okay like genuinely I did really love the supporting characters more and like As I mentioned, the complicated relationships. So many complicated relationships. And it makes the characters feel very real. I don't I don't know. That's a terrible description, but just I just loved all the relationships and like the great ensemble, like had so many heartwarming and sad moments. And I'm telling you, the sad is sad. It's emotionally devastating. I'm telling you, that's just my feeling for this. That's just what I felt about this show. I am emotionally devastated. I mean, I binged it in three days. Like, seven episodes. (laughs) How many? Seven, seven, and then the last four episodes straight. And I wish I took my time with it because it is a slice-of-life show. I do love slice-of-life shows. But I couldn't get enough. Like, when I started watching, it's like, okay, I guess this is one of those shows that I have to, like, consume immediately because i love it so so much and it was just absolutely worth the watch i mean it's just aside from you know my emotional devastation over choi myung ho um i'm trying to get over him i promise i promise i'll be over him eventually i just it was absolutely everything i wanted when i least expected it like this show came out of nowhere no one talks about this show I don't know why I don't I genuinely don't know why no one talks about this show but I just love it so much and it helped me get over my slump actually after Stranger 2 like you know when you watch a really good show and you think oh come on I can't find good shows after this like there must be nothing good to watch after this and yeah I did face that slump like I just had to finish shows to you know get through it but this like genuinely got me through that slump by causing another slump okay like i feel like what good is there to watch i don't know how i'm going to find a gem like this ever again because once again it really felt like a gem it felt like no one has talked about this show so what is it just me who watched this i don't know honestly if i did not watch stranger 2 in 2021 this would be my favorite show of the year that I've watched in this year, so far, but alas, Stranger Two happened, and like my feelings for that show are still very intense, and so, yeah, Stranger Two is still on top, but live is a very close second. um yeah, yeah, that's it for me today. It just I don't know what the show did to me, man, I just binged it, and now it that feeling that it's just so empty. And it's not like the My Mister kind of empty where there was really like this life lesson, you know, this deep, deep life lesson that haunts me to this day months after I've watched the show. It's more like, I don't know, I just, I, I still can't explain what I feel for this show, but just watching their struggles and all of that, all of these characters that I, I wish I got more of, you know, I just wish I had more, <laughs> but Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it for me today. Thank you for listening to me cry over Choi Myung Ho. <laughs> Thank you for being there in my emotional devastation. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's it for me. Thank you so much. I will see you soon.